Okay, we will uh, start on a topic here that I have called a call to leadership. And when I, when I say that, the, uh, the minute I mention the word leadership, uh, maybe there are people who get interested, but a whole lot of people, they will kind of almost automatically, they will kind of tune out thinking, okay, this is not for me. This is maybe for people in some kind of leadership position, but uh, I am not a leader, so, so this teaching, this is not for me. And I think that's a great mistake that we do uh, because uh, whether we, you are aware of it or not, in some sense, you are a leader. And that's kind of what I would like to try to communicate here today. To, to help you to see that all of us, in some aspect, we, have, we, we are leaders and we have a leadership responsibility. The sad thing is that many people, they don't know this. Uh, and of course, if you don't know that, then you maybe do things that you wouldn't do if you were aware of the responsibility and uh, influence that you have on different people. So uh, we will try to, to look at this issue of leadership. And when I say that, I want to really emphasize that this is for all believers. And I think this is important for all believers. I think maybe a little bit of the reason why so many people quickly tune out when they hear talk about leadership is maybe that because of low self-esteem, the society around us is not really uh, helping you know, people to, to build a great self-image. So many people, because of the influence of uh, society around them, or maybe even from family, or sadly even from churches, many people, uh, they have a very low self-esteem that really diminish uh, this aspect in their lives. You know, as Christians, I think we are called to be the head and not the tail. As believers especially. Now, all people, whether you are saved or not, you have some kind of leadership influence uh, on, this, on uh, society around you. But as Christians especially, I, I think we are supposed to be heads and not tails. And actually, actually, God says this to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 28, 13. And we can start by reading that verse. Uh, in Deuteronomy 28, 13, God says to the people of Israel, He says, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So we see here when God talking to his people, here it was Israel, but you know today as the church, we are a part of God's people here on earth. So this is something that God says to you. He wants you to be the head, not be the tail. But sadly, so often, especially as Christians, we end up being the tail. We, we end up being the one who follow the culture instead of being people who really impacts the culture around us. And very much of that is because we are not aware of the influence we have. 
and we are not aware of the responsibility we have when it comes to to really be heads and not tail. Um, just to take also in the beginning here, read one passage from the New Testament um, that is maybe not often read in leadership context, but this is um, actually a leadership uh, passage. In Matthew 5, 13 to 16, Jesus is saying, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, there is a lot of, there, there is a few interesting things uh, that I think of when, when, when I read that passage. Uh, first of all, it's kind of interesting to notice that Jesus says, you are the light of the world. We often say that Jesus is the light of the world, and that's of course true. But you know, he lives inside of us. What does that make us? That means that we are, if you want to use this analogy, we are the lampstand that are supposed to carry that light out into the world which we live. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. So here in this passage, we see that Jesus, he is placing the responsibility on us to be salt and light. We pray to God almost that he would be salt and light or that he would be the light of the world where God, he's turning it around and saying, no, no, you are supposed to be the light of the world. You are supposed to be the one who lights up the society around you. Um, one interesting question that you, you, I think is worth noticing here is when, Ch when Jesus here is using the two analogies, he's using salt and light. Then my question is, what are what is the commonality? Uh, what does salt and light have in common? Because in some sense, these are two very different metaphors that Jesus is using. Uh, of course, when we talk about salt, we can say that salt preserves from decay. And as we as believers, we should have an influence on society. We should, in some sense, uh, preserve or hinder the decay maybe of morality uh, in our society or in other ways. Uh, we know light, how to say, shines up, brings, uh, reveals things that are in, in darkness, and, and you can use that as a picture of, of Christians. But what is it that salt and light have in common? And I believe one of the things that both salt and light have in common is that they affect people. Light affects people and salt affects people, whether it's hindering decay or whether it is maybe bringing more flavor to the food. In some kind of way, both salt and light has, 
how to say, the, the ability that it affects people around us, uh, uh, affect people. And I think we, we are supposed to be people that affects people around us. Uh, as people, I think we are created to be leaders. And I think that's more than just something that I think. I think actually the Word of God teaches that we are created to be leaders. If we read in Genesis 1, 26 to 27, when God creates man, we see, uh, he says, Then God says, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And now listen. So they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Man and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds and the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So we see that God created man to rule, to reign, to, to have dominion, uh, to, to be a leader. And I think as humans, it, it is within each and every one of us that we want to have a certain control of, of uh, at least our own surroundings. And when we feel we don't have that control, when we feel that we have no control of the, how to say, the things happening around us, we are not comfortable. Why? Because we are created to rule. We are created to have dominion. We are created to, ha to have a certain leadership capacity when it comes to uh, society around us. Uh, another passage, we will not take time to read all of it, but in Psalms 8, we see David is going, you know, really in awe. He, he looks at the planets, the stars, the universe. Uh, it's so big, it's so vast. And then he looks at human and he kind of goes like, God, what is a man? that you uh, thought of man. Well, what is so special with man? I see the galaxies, the stars, I see all of these things. What, what is so special with man? And then he says, you made them rulers over the works of your hand. When God made man, he made man to be rulers over the works of his creation. So, I think these are two passages, passages that clearly indicates that as human beings created in the image of God, each and every one of us, we are created with an ability to lead and with a responsibility to, to lead. Both of those, I think, are important. But let me say this, that doesn't mean that we are created to be a leader independent of God. No, we are supposed to be under God. It's not that we are gods or that we are that that we can rule and reign uh, 
independent of what God wants, that we can do things independent upon what God wants. No, no. We are supposed to be leaders under authority. We are supposed to be under authority and we are supposed to exercise authority. And I think uh, both of those things are important. We, we should feel at home submitting to God, submitting to His will, His ways. We should feel at home serving God, serving other people. We should feel at home being a servant, but at the same time, we should also feel at home, be comfortable reigning in life with Christ. Let me give you two scriptures here. James 4, 7, uh, it says, Therefore, submit to God, that's point one, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why? Because where do I get my authority? I get it from God. So if I want the devil to flee from me, then I need to submit to God because that's where I find the authority that I need to rule and to reign in life and to stand against the forces of darkness that might rise up against me. Uh, Romans 5.17 it says, For if by one man's offense death reign through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You are called to reign in life, not independent of God, but through the one, Jesus Christ. God has created you to be a leader, to have dominion, to reign in life with Jesus Christ. We need to have both those aspects. The aspect of servanthood, that we serve people, we serve God, we are under His authority, but also we need to be comfortable in the position of having dominion and having authority. And I think both of those things are important because if I only want to lead, but I never want to follow, I become bossy. Then I become a bad leader. On the other hand, if I only want to follow, but I never want to lead, then I basically become a wimp who just you know, follow whoever is leading. And sadly, that's the state for many Christians. They almost look at it as holy, not wanting to lead or not wanting to have uh, responsibility. They say, oh, no, 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 I just want to serve. I don't want to lead. I don't want to have responsibility. No, 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 it's okay for me. I'm so humble. No, we should feel at home in both those positions. We should feel at home being a servant, but we should also feel at home being a leader. Both of those things are, uh, I think, is important. When God created man, I think God gave man certain qualities that are unique to man, to man, that tools, if you want, that helps him to be a leader and to rule and to reign. 
Uh, of course, many people, they have been uh, talking back and forth, you know, uh, what are the difference between humans and animals. Some animals, you know, they are very similar. You can take a monkey. It has eyes, nose, ears, mouth, arms, legs. It walks more or less upright. In some kind of sense, it looks very much like man. But, you know, you can go through all the animals in the animal kingdom. And I think there is one, there are a few things that in a very special way separates man from animals. I think one of those things are self, a much higher sense of self-awareness. Being aware who I am, what I am, where I am being aware of my surrounding, self-awareness. I think animals maybe have it to a certain degree, but humans, I don't think anyone wants to argue uh, that humans, more than any other animal, has a much higher level of self-awareness. And we have a much higher ability to reason. You know, even though monkeys can be intelligent, Monkeys don't sit down and think, you know, why do I live in the forest? Why, why don't I rather move into the city and get a job and maybe get a flat? Or uh, why don't I get a job? Why, why do I only eat bananas? Or I don't know what if uh, monkeys eat anything else. But, you know, even though monkeys can be intelligent, they don't sit down and reason. Uh, how they can change their life or how they can change their surrounding. Uh, the ability to contemplate, to, to reflect on your own life, I think is something that is very unique to, to humans. The ability to, to be self-aware and to contemplate, why do I do what, what I do? Uh, am I really doing uh, heading in the direction I want to? Do I want to change my life? And uh, one of the last, maybe, not, maybe there are other things, but at least the last point I have here, is that man has an ability to dream that goes far beyond any animal. Uh, and then I'm not th thinking about just you know, having some kind of image in your mind when, when, you, when you sleep. I mean, we know even dogs can do that. But we have an ability to have a dream of our future and to sit down and consciously uh, contemplate on reason how will I get there. As human beings, we have the ability to say, I want to be a doctor. Okay, then I need to go to this and this school. I maybe need to move to that city or to that country. We have an ability to have a dream. I want to live in a red house, not a white house. Okay, then I maybe paint my house or I go and buy a house that, that, that is red. I have the ability to dream what kind of car I want to drive, what kind of clothes I want to wear. Man, much more than any other animal, has the ability to have a dream and of his own future and then to sit down and go through, you know, the goals and the part-time, the part goals and to kind of put up um, his own plan on how he will achieve that dream. Sadly, very many people, they, they don't really use these 
amazing tools that, that God has given us. If you ask many people, uh, what are your goals in life? They will have some vague ideas of some kind of uh, things that they maybe hope for or wish for. Many people have no idea what they really want out of life. That, but it's so sad because that's an ability that separates man from animals. But you know, many people, they go through life never really contemplating why am I doing what I do? Is there something else I would rather do? Uh, why is society around me the way it is? Is it something I can do to change it? So sadly, many people never take time to contemplate, to reason, to, to clarify the dream that they have for their future. And yet, I think these are some of the precious gifts that God has given each and one of us. So I would like, I would, you know, uh, really encourage you, use these abilities, the ability to dream, the ability to reason, to contemplate. You know, man has the ability to, in one moment, totally change the direction of his life. One moment he can be headed for being a doctor, and then man has the ability to suddenly say, no, wait, wait a minute, I don't want to be a doctor. And then it can totally change the direction. A monkey doesn't say like, you know, ah, I don't think I will live in the forest anymore. I will rather move to another forest or move into the city. A monkey doesn't do that. It just lives where it is and it doesn't really dream about its own future. We have that ability and we should be using that ability. Um, in Proverbs 14.8, Solomon says, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his ways, but the folly of fool is deceit. To understand his way. To understand your ways, you need to sit down and contemplate and, you know, be self-aware of who you are, where you are, what you are doing. To understand your ways is a, the ability to understand your ways is a gift that God has given you. But the question is, do you use that gift? Psalm 90, 12, David is saying, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He is not talking about here counting like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, there are seven days in a week. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about, to, you know, teach us to number our days to, to realize that we, we don't live forever here on earth. I have been given a certain amount of time. Now I need to use it in the best possible way. Let me end with, with this thought. Uh, John C. Maxwell, maybe many of you have heard of him. He is one of the big gurus in, uh, when it comes to leadership. Uh, he has a famous quote that goes, Leadership is influence. That's, you know, the, the short, concise, and I think very true definition of leadership is that 
What leadership is, leadership is influence. And this is why I believe each and every one of us, we are leaders. Whether you are aware of it or not, you are a leader. Why? Because you influence people around you. You maybe say, well, I don't influence people around me. Oh, yes, you do. When you smile to someone, you influence them. When you are nice to the lady sitting in the counter, when you do your shopping, when you are nice to her, you influence her, you make her day a little bit better. If you choose to be grumpy, to be angry at her, to yell at her, that will also influence her life and that might cause her to get home, start to yell at her children, then her children gets angry, they go out in the street and they end up in a fight with some of their neighbors and suddenly there is a spiral going that started with somebody influencing her in a negative way. We influence people around us more than we are aware of. And this is what we need to realize as believers. We are leaders, why? Because leadership is influence. We are leaders, why? Because we influence society around us. Whether we are aware of it or not, we do. Sadly, many people are not aware of the influence that they have. So they maybe have a negative influence on their children, on their uh, family, or even uh, famous celebrities, uh, not really being aware of the influence that they have on the younger generation. Then suddenly you have a whole generation uh, getting into drugs and start all kinds of bad habits because they have seen the celebrity do that. And they think, oh, this is cool. They do it. I also want to do it. And maybe these celebrities didn't really want, you know, to have this influence, but they were not aware of the impact that their life have on other people. But you know, whether you are a celebrity or not, you influence people around you, whether it's the people in the shop where you go and do your shopping, or whether it's your friends, or whether it's your church, or whether it's your school, you influence other people around you. And how powerful it could be if we really realize I am called to be a leader. Maybe I don't have a leadership position in the church, but I am called to be a leader because I have influence. And how powerful would it be if each and every one of us really took that responsibility and went to the classes where we go to school and really decided, I am going to influence this class for better. I am going to smile, to treat people good, to say good words. Why? Because I am aware that the way I act influence other people. And when we do that, we become salt and light in the world. When we do that, we start to live out that purpose that God has given each and every one of us to be salt and light in this world. You are a leader, whether you want to not. There is a quote that goes, your life is a gift from God. What you do with it is your gift to him. 
Make sure that your life, the influence that you have, is an influence that you can be proud of. And that starts with you being aware that you are a leader and that you have influence on society around you. Amen.